to a brand new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I interview and speak with early career professionals and small business owners. Now with me today is Chloe, the founder and owner of Curated by Chloe Designs. Chloe works with small businesses to create logos, branding pieces, and custom printed apparel designs. She has also worked with companies such as Reddit, John Deere, and Fiverr. Besides running her graphic design business, Chloe also founded a nonprofit called This I'm Thankful For, whose mission is to improve your ability to be present and thankful for your own journey. Chloe's third passion area is around business coaching. So she is clearly a business entrepreneur, and I'm really excited to dive into her story and pieces of advice and experiences within this episode. Now, before we do just that, I'd really appreciate if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcasts app. You can also follow us along on all social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. It's at Virtual Coffee Podcast. As always, thank you so much for your support and happy listening. Now, let's hear from Chloe. Chloe, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Hey, Alexa, thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm super excited. And just to kick things off, tell me a bit about yourself, your business, your offerings, your expertise. Yeah, absolutely. So I am currently based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but I'm from Michigan originally. So shout out to everybody in the Midwest. I've got a lot of really exciting going on. So the core of my business is definitely graphic design, which is my studio curated by Chloe Designs. So I work with small businesses to create logos, a lot of branding stuff, and then I do custom printed apparel designs as well. And then the second piece of my business, which I'm really excited about, I formally launched this a little over a month ago is I am doing business coaching as well. Mm. So over the past few years, I've had had the opportunity to work with several entrepreneurs to start their businesses and grow them. And I finally got to put together proper offerings and open this option up to more people. And then the last thing that I'm working on currently is I recently started a nonprofit called This I'm Thankful For. And This I'm Thankful For is based around the mental health effects of social media uh, with an emphasis on improving your ability to be present. So we bring awareness to combating the negative effects of social media And we're currently rolling out free classes that encourage participants to be present and learn healthy habits. Wow, that's excellent. You have a lot going on. And I'd love to dig into each of your, you know, kind of three focus areas. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem like kind of separate areas. I'm sure you're able to combine them somewhat. But how did you get into graphic design coaching and then your interest in the nonprofit? Like, was it in college? Did you study graphic design? I guess... I'm looking for more of your background would be would be the question I have. Yeah, definitely. So I actually did not attend any school after high school. Okay. I was really, really blessed to be able to open my first uh, real proper business when I was 21. My husband and I had a little retail store right at the base of Breckenridge Mountain in Colorado. 
And that really kicked off my love of business and just Mm -hmm. knowing that I wanted to definitely work for myself. And out of owning the store, the graphic design kind of bloomed. So we were selling like t-shirts, like anything. We had a little souvenir store. So when you go Mm -hmm. on vacation and you go buy like all those stupid t-shirts that are like, (laughs) oh, I heart wherever, that was us. And I loved it. But we would go to these wholesale shows to go do our buying for the store. And I didn't love a lot of the options that we had. I was like, I can design better stuff than this. So I basically learned how to do graphic design so that I could design shirts that we could sell in our store, which ended up being a really cool proof of concept because my designs ended up being our top selling designs. We had the store for about three years and then we had my daughter, Aspen, and we realized that we had to shift our focus. Unfortunately, the nature of being in a ski town is that there's a very high turnover rate as it's mm. pretty seasonal. Mm-hmm. So keeping employees was pretty difficult. And we just, we couldn't be in the store 24-7 and be good parents as well. Sure. So we made the decision to sell the store and we moved back to the Midwest. So we're by family now, which is absolutely amazing. But that's when I decided to dive into the graphic design more. So when we moved back to Wisconsin, it gave me some time. I was staying home with my daughter and I was able to really deep dive into the technical aspects of graphic design Mm -hmm. And understand how to do that better and start offering my services to other people. Because up until then, I had been only designing stuff to sell at our store. So that really kicked off the graphic design piece. And during that time as well, I tried to go back and work for somebody else. (laughs) You know, I still, I didn't know if I like really wanted to commit to the graphic design or Mm -hmm. just what I wanted to be doing. So I went and I ended up working remotely for our old accountant that was still in Colorado. And she was amazing. I learned so much about running businesses from mm-hmm. that aspect because I I don't think I truly understood before working with her how important it is to understand your numbers and understand why you're filing your taxes the way you're filing them. Yeah. Just a lot of that background was really amazing but she was pretty intense and I ended up (laughs) like for instance one time I worked 26 hours straight for tax season and I I can't do this for the rest of my life so at that point graphic design had picked up and I decided to leave the accounting job and dive into graphic design full-time and that was about two years ago so I've been working for myself solely for two years. Mm-hmm. Really excited wow. about that. Yeah. Congratulations on on that. That's awesome being able to work for yourself, especially if that's if that's what you desire, right? If that's what works for you. So I love yeah. your story of how you got into graphic design because it I'm curious if you have advice for folks who didn't go to school for graphic design but want to try their hand at it like like it seems you did. You know, you just kind of 
tried it to see if you could create designs? Like, what were your actual steps? Did you just, I, I'm, and I'm totally making this up, like buy an iPad and start working in Procreate? Or what would your advice be for someone who is interested in graphic design um, and maybe just wants to start it as a hobby first? Yeah. So in the beginning, I had my little Apple laptop, my little Mm -hmm. tiny, like 12 inch screen, you know, (laughs) and I just got a free Adobe subscription because that was the cheapest way to get in and test it out. And actually what I ended up doing, as I mentioned, I was staying home with my daughter at that point. My husband was in school full time. So I would get up around like five or six in the morning Mm -hmm. and I would get an hour in before my daughter woke up of just designing stuff. I think of, you know, just off the top of my head, okay, let's create a t-shirt design and make up, you know, all these different places. Cause I was doing a lot of tourism based stuff still at that point, since that is what I kind of had my roots in. So tons of YouTube, YouTube is amazing. And basically just learning what I needed to, running into problems, Googling it and figuring it out that way. I I like that mindset. It reminds me of, I have a degree in in computer science, although that's not really what my job is now. Now I'm more of a consultant, but that reminds me of all those technical fields, right? You can really, just like you're saying, work at it until you hit a roadblock and then you try to figure it out you google it you find the resources and then you learn how to how to solve that and then when you run into that problem again you now have the knowledge to fix it and all that while you're you're constantly gaining new knowledge around that topic area that's interesting i like that were you always artsy would you say because when i think graphic design i think well I can't really draw, so I can't do graphic design. I'm just curious your perspective on that. Like, do you think you have to be an extremely talented artist to get into graphic design or or how, yeah, how do those two fields relate? So my dad, the architect, is going to kill mm-hmm. me for saying this, but <laughs> I I really don't have a great basis for drawing So my dad is an architect and he's really all about the fundamentals and understanding, you know, when he went to school, you drafted everything out on paper. So he would definitely not like to hear that. That's not how I started. I don't (laughs) have super great like pen and paper drawing skills. I got to say, I have to give Adobe a lot of credit because I'll sketch stuff out and go in and clean it way up. So I don't think that you necessarily have to be an amazing, like photorealistic artist. A lot of what I do is pretty cartoon-esque. It's not very Mm -hmm. realistic. So you can kind of get away with not being super excellent at drawing things that are realistic. Mm -hmm. But I think you do have to have an eye for things, if that makes sense. Yeah, or even at least... Like to your point, yes, have an eye for things, which I think could also stem from a passion for art, right? Even just having that passion for drawing and sketching and just loving it. I mean, if you if you love it enough to do it constantly, back to our previous conversation, you'll get better and better and better over time, right? Some people might get better really quickly and some slower than others. But if you have a passion for it, you might as well go for it and try it. I think there are very little things in life that you can't learn if you have the passion to sit down, learn it, dedicate time to it. 
Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. And I do, I love art. I mean, I grew up going to the art museum, the Mm -hmm. Detroit Institute of Arts in downtown Detroit is some of my most vivid childhood memories. And actually my favorite painter, Mark Rothko, he does these really big, bold, beautiful, very simple, like my favorite one that is on display in Detroit. It's basically like a red and orange square. You look at how the different colors of paint are threaded through there and it's just, it's really moving. So I would agree that definitely having a love and appreciation for art is what stemmed a lot of this for me as well. That makes sense. And I feel in a lot of the conversations I have on on this podcast on virtual coffee, it always comes back to, well, you have to be passionate about what you're doing, right? You, yeah. Every single person at some point along their journey to creating their business, they went down the path of what they were passionate about, no matter what that is, whether it's art, creating cheese boards, painting, uh, making cupcakes, right? Yeah. It all stems from a passion. Yeah, no, I agree. You definitely have to love what you're doing. I'm a really big believer in the idea that the money will follow the passion as well. So I think if you are putting something out into the world that you love, at some point, you're going to be paid out for that effort. Yeah, that's excellent. I I appreciate that perspective. Now, back to so back to your business curated by by Chloe Designs. Would love to hear some of the exciting clients you've worked with, projects you've done, you know, of course the the ones you're uh willing to share. Would just love to hear a bit more about the actual work that that you produce and who you work with. Yeah, absolutely. So I have had the opportunity to work with so many amazing clients uh, from small startups to large multinational companies. I think a few that really stick out for me are I had the chance to work with the Reddit legal team on some t-shirts that they were going to wear around, which was pretty cool. That's so (laughs) cool. Yeah. And I made some really cool shirts for John Deere which was completely out of my element, by the way. That was really interesting getting on the phone with these guys trying to explain to me, (laughs) you know, what booms are and like these seed spreaders and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I know what that is. Then like (laughs) on Google after the phone call, like I have no idea. (laughs) And then one of my absolute favorite clients to work with are the guys that own Sam Choi's Poke out in Seattle, Washington. But they have, over the course of COVID-19, started, gosh, I want to say like five or 10 ghost kitchens and uh, food trucks. So I've gotten to work with them on all kinds of branding. They've got a ramen food truck called Ramen Ramen. They've got another concept called Pacific Wings, which is like chicken wings. And then Mm -hmm. Lena's Ice Cream, which is all these just ultra decadent ice creams, they are amazing. But I have to say the crown jewel to my career thus far is I had the opportunity to work with Fiverr and Four Seasons Total Landscaping for their Super Bowl commercial this year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that was really, really exciting. And it was... A crazy experience. When they hired me, 
you know, they sent over an NDA for me to sign. And mm-hmm. in general, when people send them, it's like, okay, don't put this online. Like, don't talk about it. So I'm like, okay, fine. Like, yeah, whatever. And I didn't really read the whole <laughs> the whole NDA, which was probably not great on my part. <laughs> so I didn't realize, though, until like a week or two before the Super Bowl. And they emailed me and they're like, hey, we're putting together a press release. So you can talk about this after the commercial airs. Yeah. Oh my God. So that was that was really cool. That's crazy. That's really incredible. How do you think you got to that point where those folks were contacting you? Like, how does that even happen? Do you think it was through previous work you've done and and they recommended you? Like, what? Even if you don't know the the exact answer, what what are your assumptions of how? that happened. And I guess, you know, if there's others in a similar spot as you, you know, just thinking about how they grow their business and I guess clients. Yeah. Yeah, What, what are your thoughts on that? So something that I feel really strongly about is customer service. And Mm -hmm. I think that that has a lot to do with the success that I've been enabled to have. I have a lot of rules like, you know, If I get done with a project and somebody just absolutely hates it, which very rarely happens, but like, I'm not going to charge you for that just out of goodwill Mm -hmm. or I try and answer people back usually within a couple of hours, just being on top of the customer service and really being invested in the projects that you're doing. I live, eat, breathe, sleep this, you know, I'm truly excited to work with every single client that I get to work with. And I'm very appreciative of that. And I don't think, unfortunately, that everybody out there has that approach. But I do Mm -hmm. think that it makes a huge difference from the client perspective when they know that you're invested as well. Yeah, it sounds like you really focus on, you know, to your point with the customer service, building an experience like even though right you are you're hired to create certain designs and it's a pretty straightforward transaction in terms of hey I need a design I know I know a lot goes into it getting to that final design but it's really right you like the sales happens virtually you know what I mean it's not not a storefront where the experience is physical but you create that experience virtually for your clients of all those examples you listed and making sure that even though this is a transactional experience, you make it so much more. I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying, but in my head, it's, you know, you just create that overall experience. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of that, um, like you were just saying, right now, everything is online. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of these people are not even in the state of Wisconsin. So if it was normal times, I wouldn't necessarily meet with them face to face. But having a background in retail and understanding just how to work with people, how people like to be talked to, like not like Mm -hmm. in a demeaning way, but, you know, understanding how to pick up on certain things. I love to figure out like what people are interested in so we can have things in common to talk about stuff like that. Just a lot of like the minute details that I think I picked up working in retail have absolutely translated into the customer experience from start to finish. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense. And it seems you also just always start with a base of empathy. And I think I truly think that's the key to success to 
any job you're in, like whether you own your own business, you're in the corporate world, you're whatever you're doing, just having empathy for whoever you're working for, with, et cetera, that will just take you a ton of places. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you get to meet cool people. It's so mm-hmm. fun when people open up, you know, even with a lot of these real corporate clients that I get, I will go in with preconceptions like, oh, it's going to be, you know, very black and white. But it's really cool to see people open up and share things and get to translate that into the project. A lot of the smaller businesses that I work with, you know, people want their dog in it or, you know, some nod to one of their parents or all kinds of stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. really, really fun on my part to get to see that different side of the client. It's not just, okay, here's what we're doing. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a personal experience. And I'm sure you work really closely with them to get to the perfect design. Would you say a lot of your designs or your client requests are for logos? Or do you do other other sorts of uh, designs as well? So I think in the past year, it's been really logo heavy. At the beginning of COVID, I had a little bit of a freak out because I had no idea what the space was going to look like, you know, I didn't know if we were going to have like another 2008 recession where Mm -hmm. I was just going to have to go back and work for, you know, I had no idea, but yeah, in the process of the past uh, about year now, a lot of people have been at home and they've been thinking, you know, I'm not living my truth. I'm not doing what I want to be doing every single day. And I have the time to think about that now. So they're starting businesses really great because then they come to me because they need a logo for that Mm -hmm. business. But I do a ton of apparel design. So people needing shirts for all kinds of stuff. I mean, obviously, the tourism stuff, I still do. A lot of people have events, like, you know, fun runs and stuff like that, or obviously more virtual stuff at this point. So a lot of apparel, And then I also do bits and pieces for websites. I do marketing stuff, business cards, all kinds of stuff. That's really, really cool. What was the process like getting, I know you you spoke a little bit about about your journey, but what was the process of getting to become a freelancer? Like, were there challenges at first of, I could just imagine that being really scary at first, like, okay, I I want to do this. I want to create curated by Chloe designs, but what if I don't get a client? Like, what if, what if it doesn't come through? I just, what were your thoughts back then when you first, you know, launched this business and decided to really go that freelance route? Yeah. So it was definitely very intimidating. And I had talked myself out of leaving the accounting job for several months. And finally, I just got to the end of my rope. We were going into the second tax season of that year. And I was like, I'm not staying up for 26 hours straight again. I have to go. So I really got to the end of my rope, which I don't suggest for other people. (laughs) I think you Mm -hmm. should, you know, ease into it before then. But it was scary. I think when I left the accounting job, the most that I had made in a month from graphic design was $1,500, which okay. is a good amount of money. Yeah. But my husband was not working at this point. Like everything was on me. So that was a really daunting decision to make. But what worked for me is I got a website up and running 
and nothing crazy, but I made sure that I had the SEO and stuff in there so mm-hmm. that I was going to show up in Google searches. So people were going to know that I was a thing. And then I also have worked intermittently on freelance websites like Upwork and Fiverr. And those okay. are really amazing when you're getting kicked off and you don't have a huge basis of clients. You can at least get some projects under your belt. You can get a portfolio going. You can understand how to work with clients. And they do a really good job when you're not used to managing your time quite yet. So honestly, a lot of people, I think, look down on some of the freelancing websites out there, but I think that they are a really good tool, especially when you're first starting out and you don't know really where to start. I think that's really good advice. Exactly what you're saying when you're first starting out, because I could see that being so hard if you don't have friends or a family member who needs a logo or a design, like where do you go? How, like, how do you first get that started? I, I think that's, that's great. That's really good practical advice. I feel like you eased into it a little bit. It probably didn't feel like it, but at least you were making some sort of money. Like you had proven it out at least at the MVP level, right? Of, okay, I know I can make some sort of money based on my, my design expertise, but I'm sure the, I'm sure the jump felt sudden, but, but right. (laughs) Yeah. I think also it would have been a different situation if it wasn't so much like on me at that particular point it was a big decision to be like all right I'm gonna take care of the family and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna work for myself but that was a really cool process to go through and it definitely was a big win for me personally and gave me more self-confidence so it is you know you go through a lot of downs <laughs> working mm-hmm. for yourself, but that was a really, really cool win for me. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I do want to dive into your nonprofit, This I'm Thankful For, and I know you you introduced it a bit in the beginning. Tell me a little more about the why behind it. You know, what really sparked the idea to, to start a nonprofit? So this was something, I think I've been thinking about this for about a year now. Okay. This I'm thankful for has been an actual nonprofit for about six months. Okay. So it once again, as everything else, goes back to COVID, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but I had a lot of time at my house, not as many distractions. And I started an email and I called it this I'm thankful for at gmail.com that I would send myself every single day That's cool. five or 10 things that I was grateful for because we were, you know, going through pretty turbulent times, Mm -hmm. especially right at the beginning. So I wanted those reminders to just stay grateful and present and understand, okay, this is what I'm happy about today. And I talked to my sister about that process and it really morphed from that little idea to us deciding that we wanted to start a nonprofit and that we wanted to work around the mental health effects of social media because that's something that has affected both her and I a lot and especially while we are so socially separated from everyone social media is a lot of our social interactions right now 
and we're not anti-social media. There's a ton of really good, positive stuff that comes out of social media as well. We just want to help people have healthy habits when it does come to social media. So some of that includes what we're doing right now with our virtual classes. We have one coming up in a few weeks. I'm really excited about it. We're going to be doing watercolors, but Mm -hmm. Giving people a safe space to go socialize and get off social media for an hour and be present and just really in the moment with what they're doing. Very mindful. I am all for that. I really, really love that because I think I often always think about the pros and cons of social media, right? It's it's amazing because you have infinite knowledge at at your fingertips and it allows you to connect with folks without geographic boundaries but oh man are there times throughout the day where I'm just like why am I on TikTok right now for an hour and a half like what am I doing with my day like why why have I chosen to do this so I'm all for this I think it's a great idea I love it I know you're gonna have to come we've got yoga at the end of the month as well that's, that's still open. Oh, and wow. It's, it's amazing. The woman that teaches yoga is really, really great. And so we tie in our core values for this I'm thankful for into mm-hmm. all the classes that we do. So this upcoming yoga class is going to be about letting all the negativity go, which I'm really excited about. The last one we did was based around positive affirmations. So we all came up with positive affirmations and focused on that during the yoga practice. That's very cool. And what is it? Do you have a a website for this? I'm thankful for. I'm actually trying to look it up right now. Yeah. So our website is this I'm thankful for.com. Okay. That's easy enough. (laughs) We tried. Yeah. (laughs) And then we're on Instagram as well. We're on Facebook. Everything is under this I'm thankful for a little orange circle that's our logo but as we continue to build out we definitely want to be offering more classes through art we want to do some business startup stuff since that's something that's really close to me Uh, definitely some in-person options once that is safe the big end all be all dream for this i'm thankful for is we would like to have a ranch out in Colorado where people can come for wilderness retreats and we can host groups of oh, people. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's like, cool. yeah, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's my big, my big dream. That's awesome. And I want the audience to know that these classes you're speaking about are free, right? I'm, I'm looking Correct. at the website right now. That is so cool. Oh, that's so exciting. I am definitely signing up for the the yoga class. I pre-COVID went to went to yoga like three to four times a week and I really need the environment, right? Like yeah. physically going to it. <laughs> it's really hard for me to do things at home just on my own, but this is perfect. Yeah. Like having a virtual class, like, okay, I signed up for this. I'm committed to it. Let me, let me go to it. I, I will definitely be there. That's awesome. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of our big things with this I'm thankful for is that we want it to be accessible. So 
anything that we can do that we can provide for free, we are funded completely through donations. So it's really amazing that people are willing to donate money to us so that we can go and provide these programs for people that might not have the money to get into it or, you know, just need that little bit of a kick. Sometimes it's even as easy as, you know, people could technically afford to go take a yoga class, but that barrier of like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to pay for that. This can spark that little habit that leads to maybe journey or all different kinds of stuff. And that's, that's what we want to inspire with this. That's such a great idea. I didn't even think about that by, you know, offering a variety of classes, maybe like to your point, someone finds their passion for yoga, and then they continue with that locally, right? They actually sign up for the membership or whatever route they want to take or for the watercoloring. Wow, they realize that's a passion. Or on the other hand, they realize, oh, actually, I don't really like watercoloring. Like that's a great thing to know as well. Because I think that's the hard thing with finding hobbies that aren't social media, aren't on your phone is, well, I need to spend all this money for watercoloring supplies. And by the time I get it all set up, like, what if I don't like it? I just wasted all that, all that time. But these little classes let you test it out. Yeah. And even I'm really excited. I've got, I'm looking at all the packaging right now. So for watercolors, actually, Mm -hmm. this is why it sold out so quickly, but we're sending you everything you need. Oh my gosh. That's so So, cool. (laughs) Yeah. So we want it to be, you know, just really, really inclusive. We don't want there to be like any barriers to entry. And we want to just provide that little spark. Like even if it's somebody you meet in the class or, you know, a conversation that you're having. So yeah, that is great. That is really cool. I am signing up as we speak. I am all for this. I love that. I'll, I'll, you know, of course, post all over uh, virtual coffee, social media as well. That's excellent. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, that's a great idea. I really like that. Yeah. I just didn't even think, you know, that barrier to finding a hobby is, is actually pretty, pretty great. You know, it took me forever to find my love for podcasting. And before that, I would just jump in and out of hobbies. I'd you know, buy oh. the crocheting tools, do that for a week, and then that falls off. And, you know, and insert insert hobby name here. I probably tried it and and didn't didn't follow through. So oh, I think just think this is a great idea. Oh, thank you. So I'm curious about where you see your future, Chloe. Right. So you have the graphic design business. You have the coaching going on, and now the nonprofit. Where do you see yourself taking these three areas? You know, do you have a dream of combining them all into one one day, or going really hard and pushing really hard for one of them. Yeah, just curious where you kind of see yourself in the future, where you want to take all these all these passions. Yeah, so I think really my big picture that I would like to be pursuing is I want to have a whole firm, whether it's under Curated by Chloe or what, mm-hmm. but that's really full service. I think um, a lot of what I bring to business coaching is that I understand the branding aspect. I understand a lot of the financials. I understand just how to get things kicked off. So I would love to get some employees, have like a whole team where we could provide all of these things. Like if you want to start a business, we can help you with every Mm -hmm. single aspect. I really, really love 
working with people that want to work for themselves and want to put in the work towards that. It's so cool being around people that are just passionate about what they're doing, no matter what it is. I think absolutely. I will probably be doing graphic design and coaching until the day that I die. Mm -hmm. But then obviously I'll be doing it from my ranch in Colorado where I'm running my wilderness (laughs) retreats for this I'm thankful for. But I think that they both fuel me in such different ways that I can't imagine not doing one of them. I think that this I'm thankful for really like fills my cup up, you know. I love I love doing design work, but it's a lot of creative energy. And right. so then on the flip side going and working really closely with people in just such a positive uplifting environment when it comes to this I'm thankful for, that really fuels me to continue to want to do more of the back end stuff. That makes sense. I'm glad you see, you know, that perspective of how you can kind of combine them all right and and like you said you can really help folks in a lot of areas of of their business or whatever they need support in which I think is great and I also think this you know having these areas these passion areas helps you personally discover where your heart really is right where you really want to put in all your energy and your time and maybe that's the graphic design or maybe it's the nonprofit. and it seems you're really starting to explore that it's almost like figuring out the percentages of your time, right? Like, do you want to be 80% graphic design, 20% nonprofit or vice versa, or a different, different percentage. And I think that exploration is is such a a fun part of life of figuring out exactly where you want to put your time and energy. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so grateful that I get to have these options. I mean, Mm -hmm. even, you know, like two or three years ago, I've never would have thought that I would have been working for myself successfully, let alone, you know, starting a nonprofit to work Mm -hmm. so closely with other people. So it is really cool to see what unfolds and just kind of be along for the ride. Yeah, no, that's great. That's awesome. Now, because you are so busy, you have so much going on. Do you have any tips and tricks for balancing all of it? And I know balance isn't even the right word because work-life balance to me doesn't even exist. Like who will ever perfect that? I don't know. But yeah. just any uh, tips and tricks along that that area, right? How do you balance your th- kind of three businesses with life, other passions, friends, family, et cetera? So I think that I lead a really balanced life. My husband, however, does not <laughs> always agree. But I, you know, it is, it's, it's tricky, especially mm-hmm. when you're in the startup phase of things, when you're trying to find a healthy balance. I mean, I think when you're really starting your business, you got to be in the mindset of like, okay, I'm going to grind this out for six months and then I'm going to set better boundaries. I don't mm-hmm. think that you should cut yourself off. There's going to be those times where you have to just work for a week straight or whatever it may be. But I'm at the point now, luckily, where I've been able to scale back. I take weekends off now, okay, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And (laughs) I think that that is really important, choosing at least one day to take off a week, two preferably. But if you can take one day where For me, it's usually Sundays and I try not to even be on my phone or anything because I don't trust myself to not try and answer emails. 
And then I think also setting those boundaries when you're done with work for the day, whenever that may be, don't worry about anything until the next day. In general, emails, texts, calls, whatever, people can wait until the morning. They're not going to die, especially Mm -hmm. in the graphic design world. Luckily, it's usually not life or death. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just not allowing yourself to feel guilty about that because especially when you are a small business and it's like one or two or three people, it's really easy to feel guilty because everything does come down on you, but it's going to be okay. I promise. And then I also, as far as balance, I think it's really important to have some form of X in Mm -hmm your weekly habits, whether it's, you know, only once or twice a week or almost every single day. I really find that for me personally and for a lot of really successful people, exercise brings that balance. It gives you a way to shift your mindset. I like to work out a lot of times when I'm done with work for the day and that half an hour or that hour gives me time to switch into family mode. So I think that that's a really great, effective way to help you balance things as well. I couldn't agree more with your advice. You know, to your point of setting those boundaries, I always say like work will literally always be there. I could work 24-7, 365 days a year if I wanted to, right? There will always be more to do. So just trying to recognize that as best as you can and and setting those boundaries and then exercising to your point or, or even just finding that thing that you can do to transition back to your life, which I think is so important with a lot of us working from home. Um, If I don't walk the dogs right after I can tell I'm really irritable. I'm still in my work mode. I I just end up in a really bad mood um, because I think my brain's still at work. But taking that 45 minute walk with one of our dogs just lets me decompress and and transition. Um, So I I totally agree. I think that's great advice. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, my last big question here for you, Chloe, that I always end my episodes with is in this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment? And of course, it can be related to your business and what we talked about today, or doesn't have to be at all, can be completely unrelated. Just kind of that first thing that comes to mind about your proudest accomplishment. I think right now, it's really, really cool for me to be able to solely provide for my family. Mm -hmm. So my husband throughout all this has been staying home with our daughter And that's been amazing. We get to all hang out all day, which is really cool. She's four. So we have like a year before she's in school full time. And I'm really, really grateful for being able to spend this time together and not having to worry about money. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm at a point where I can have pretty set work hours and make decently consistent money and have them be here with me all the time. So that's, for me, that's really cool. And I'm very proud of that. That's excellent. That's an an awesome accomplishment. And, you know, congratulations on everything that you've accomplished with your businesses, with your family, with life. It's such an amazing journey to hear. And I, I really enjoyed chatting with you today, Chloe. And, you know, to to wrap up our, our episode here, where can people find you and, and curated Uh, by Chloe Designs, as well as this I'm thankful for nonprofit. Yeah. So our Instagram for this I'm thankful for is just at this I'm thankful for. My Instagram for all my design stuff is 
curated by Chloe Designs. And my name is C-H-L-O-E. Perfect. So, and then I do have websites for both. I'm curatedbychloe.com or thisimthankfulfor.com. So I would love to work with everybody on logos or if you don't need a logo and you just want to do yoga, that's mm-hmm. awesome too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That is Excellent. And again, thank you so much, Chloe, for speaking with me today. And I hope everyone checks out her social medias. And again, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Alexa. It was absolutely wonderful chatting with you. 